When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I hope you're having a great day, whatever it is you're up to, and I hope that 2023 is going well for you. And if it isn't, don't be disheartened. It doesn't mean that the rest of your year is going to be a bit crappy. You can absolutely turn it around and who knows what tomorrow will bring. So today's podcast episode is a solo one. I'm going to chat with you about some recommendations, including books. I'm also going to dive in and answer some questions that were submitted via Instagram, including things about taking the leap of faith and starting a business, how to manage when you have differences in parenting styles with a step parent, some surface level stuff about removing fake tan, because as you guys know, it's a very grueling regime to tan weekly, um, and a few other bits and pieces. But before I get into those questions, I wanted to recommend two books. Now, like I'm very basic. I am a basic bitch when it comes to the books I'm going to recommend you today. And that's because I've been reading Colleen Hoover books, just like pretty much everyone else who is alive right now. If you haven't heard of Colleen Hoover, you've likely uh, been living under a rock maybe because her books are just everywhere and for good reason. You know, bestsellers are bestsellers for a reason. And I resisted picking up her books for a little while because in my mind, I thought they were probably going to be a bit young for me. And we have a local bookshop here and I always go in and chat with the lady who works there. And even she agreed. She was like, yeah, I think they'll probably be a bit young for you. It's more of like a summer kind of light read type of thing. It's not going to be your genre. But then I just kept seeing everywhere people recommending it starts with us and it ends with us. Those are the books that have been across all of the social media platforms. Apparently, they're very popular on TikTok. I personally don't use TikTok at the moment, so I haven't seen them there, but I believe it. And so for a while, I just didn't even bother picking up one of her books. But then on the way to Cairns, we were, you know, doing the normal poking around the stores, waiting for our flights type of thing. And I thought, I'll just grab it because everyone raves about it. And if I don't love it, you know, I can just leave it in cans and someone else will pick it up and find it and hopefully enjoy it. So I picked up It's It Ends With Us. This is where it's confusing because the first one to read is It Ends With Us. And then the second one is It Starts With Us. And you would think, obviously, it would go the other way. But when you read the book, it makes more sense. And so It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. I read it within a week. I found it so easy to read. It's not easy in terms of the content because there's some quite upsetting content and themes of domestic violence in the book. And that's 
really distressing, particularly if, um, you know, if it's triggering for you, this might not be a book for you to read at all. But I just found the way that the story was written was really engaging. And it's the first time in a while that I have felt like affection for fictional characters. And I think that that is the hallmark of a brilliant like novelist when they can make you feel something for characters that they have invented in their mind. And so I read that book within a week, loved it. You know, it's a, it was definitely like a little bit younger in some ways, but still really enjoyable. And yeah, I, sorry, my squeaky chair. I obviously got into it. I will get myself a copy of It Starts With Us and read that as well, because that's kind of uh, from another character's perspective, I understand, but I just haven't been able to find a copy yet. And so I picked up Verity, which is Colleen Hoover as well. And I had heard through the grapevine that 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 Verity is much darker, and it is. I haven't finished it yet. I'm about three quarters of the way through. I imagine that Verity will get turned into a movie, and I think that I've guessed the twist because from what I've heard in the zeitgeist, like I don't even know where, just people in general, apparently there's quite a twist with the Verity book, and I think I've picked it, but a good writer will make you think you know what's coming and then you just don't. So really enjoying it. It's rare that I'll recommend or share a book until I've gotten to the end of it and I feel really good about the whole thing. But so far, I am really enjoying it. It is a page turner. It's written really well. Again, you can feel affection for these characters that are not real. When I posted on my stories that I was reading Verity, so many people slid into my messages and said that they couldn't put it down. There were at least 20 people that said they read it in a weekend. So if you like to escape into a a book, this could be one for you. It is dark. It's really dark. So maybe just um, search for any trigger warnings online. See if if the themes that are in the book are going to be distressing for you because if that's the case, it's just it's not for you. But if you do find yourself um, kind of enjoying escaping into a story that can be a bit darker, then I'm sure that you will really enjoy Verity. And I will keep you updated as to whether or not I loved it by the end of the book, but so far, so good. So those book recommendations are very basic. You know, they're bestsellers. I'm sure a lot of you have read them, but that's what I'm reading at the moment. And it's really nice to just escape into something that isn't real and you can still learn things, I guess, like about about yourselves or it makes you think about things differently. But escapism just for the sake of escapism is really enjoyable. It's tempting to always get caught up on reading personal development and growth books, but just actually having something that you read for the pleasure of escaping into a story and being somewhere else and being transported is so nice. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, other things I'm enjoying at the moment, Brendan and I have been watching Yellowstone. When Brendan told me about Yellowstone, cause he'd already watched, I think the first season, but he has rewatched the whole thing with me now. Um, not the whole thing, but we've started from the beginning. I don't even know where we're up to maybe the end of season two, start of season three. Um, when he was telling me about Yellowstone, I was like, yeah, that's not going to be for me as much as I can be a Kevin Costner stan. 
I just can't see myself getting into a show that is about cowboys and fighting with native Indians over land and politics. It's just, it's not my bag at all. But he said, like, give it a try. We watched the first episode and I was kind of drifting off mentally. I was there, but I was kind of a million miles away. And at the end of the first episode, I said, I just, yeah, I don't think I'll get into it, but we'll keep going and we'll see. And I swear by episode three, I was hooked. So we've been watching Yellowstone nearly every night. We mix it up on the nights that, um, like if we go out for dinner or something like last night, when we got home from dinner, we sat down and just watched, what did we watch? Oh, a Shit's Creek episode, just something light and silly because Yellowstone is heavy and the episodes are long, but I am really enjoying it as a series. And there aren't many series that I really do get into. And I caught up with a girlfriend the other weekend and I was telling her about it. And she said that her brother and father had told her to watch it and she was really resisting it. And now she's a couple of episodes in and she's messaging me about the Cowboys that she has crushes on as well. So Yellowstone Yellowstone is a good one if you're looking for something new to watch on TV and escape into. If you're like me, just give it a couple of episodes before you get into it. What else? Um, oh, we have been ordering meals for Brendan and I for lunches and dinners, particular, I mean, we'll still have the normal dinners. I will still have the normal dinners when the boys are here, but life has been so much easier ordering these pre like pre-prepared meals. And I've done this on and off in the past. Like there have been times when I've used meal services, but this service is really, really good. It's the best one I've experienced. I started just trying the food because it's who Brendan has been using for his fight camp preparation. He hasn't officially started camp yet, but one of his goals was to just kind of get back into the swing of things. And with fighting, leaning down is a big one. And the way he eats is really important. And so he started using this meal service. And it's really good because you can go onto their website and you can type in like your own macros, you can design your meals or you can choose from their packages. And so he's been eating the meals and I found myself eating them as well. And then I'm leaving him short because I'll be like, oh, I'll just grab one of his meals for lunch because it's easy. Or we'll just both have one for dinner again, because it's easy and it's delicious. And so because I've started eating them, he said like, why don't we just order enough for the both of us? So that's something that we have been doing and it has made yeah, as I've said a hundred times, life easier, especially over that school holiday period and just getting back into the routine and rhythm. I was just going to look them up because I think they are called, oh my gosh, bear with me for a second. I'll find them on Instagram. Oh, they're called food for fitness meals and that's food with a number for fitness.com.au. They are based in Sydney, but um, they deliver all over. And if you jump onto their website and pop your postcode in, you can find out where they deliver to. But I think it's really reasonably priced and there's a huge variety there. They've got breakfast. Um, they also have healthy snacks. We've been loving. There's this peanut butter one. It is delicious. So Brendan does the custom meal builder and we've just done the same for me. I use the same measurements as him, but I have more carbs than him. I still get the carby vegetables and stuff because I love that and I need that for energy, whereas he's more about leaning down at the moment. So I wanted to just mention that because I do get questions over on Instagram about it. I've got their website up in front of me now. They have plant-based options as well. 
breakfast. So if you're looking to make life easier and perhaps you have some fitness or health goals or food goals or whatever it is, and you want to go to food for fitness, check them out. And I did see on his story the other day, Brendan had a code, which was Riley 10. So Riley all in capitals, one zero for 10% off your order. Um, I'm really enjoying it. The meals are actually very, very tasty. So that's another recommendation. Next one, I can't remember if I've recommended this on the podcast, but go into Big W and get yourself some big Velcro rollers if you like a Velcro, if you like a bouncy blow dry and you just don't have time to round brush it or you can't be bothered. A lot of you have gone into Big W and gotten these Velcro rollers and then sent me DMs to say, yay, I've got them and you're using them. So that's just another recommendation as well. All right, that's the recommendations out of the way. Let's get into the questions. So, everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One of the questions that came through was, how do we handle differences in parenting with your partner, but the partner is the step-parent? So blended family situation And how do you handle it when you have differences in parenting? Now, I don't have much context in terms of, I don't know in this situation, whether or not both people have children and you're blending the family unit and maybe there are differences, uh, you know, shooting across all the ways, like differences in how you would like to parent his or her children and differences in how he or her would like to parent yours. Or if it's similar to the situation Brendan and I are in where, He doesn't have children, but he is in a parental role because he's with us a lot of the time and, you know, we're blending together. So I can't, I personally can't speak to the experience of uh, parenting someone else's child or being in that position to, I guess, judge or be affected. That might be a better way to say it, to be affected by the way someone is raising their kids in my life because the dynamic we have is just that there's the two boys and that's it. But that said, things still pop up. Um, But I guess the question is how to handle differences in parenting with partner. I think the number one thing to recognize is that the differences exist. You know, don't pretend that they don't have open conversations and respect each other. There are definitely things when it comes to my boys that I know Brendan would parent very differently if they were his biological children, but we do talk about those differences. Um, Something we've discussed is just how our upbringing informs what we think is normal. And that can be helpful when you're looking at differences because Say you are coming at it and going, oh, we're so different, we're so different, and you just don't have an understanding or empathy for the other person's position. First of all, just identifying why are you so different? Were you raised very differently? Um, I think that's that's a good starting place 
Because if you can acknowledge, oh, this is your normal, that's my normal, and then you can just kind of accept it, that can be helpful. But again, it's also going to depend on the individual. In our situation, I can say to Brendan, well, you feel that way because that's how you were raised. And I feel that way because, you know, this way, because that's how I was raised. But he doesn't push his agenda on me and going, but, you know, this this is what I think and this is what's right. So I guess it depends on how those conversations go with your partner. Can you just accept that you have differences and respect that the biological parent of the child gets to make the parenting decisions? Um, again, there's so many nuances here, right? Because if it's a step parent who's involved in their life from the time that they're a baby and now it's 10 years in, they're going to have more of a parental right than someone who has come into the life of a child who is older. There's also things to consider like is the biological, other biological parent in the picture. But with this question, I would just say how to handle differences in parenting respectfully and have boundaries and always have your number one loyalty to your children. That's what I think um, matters at the end of the day. And you should have a relationship with your partner where you can communicate and they understand that and they're respectful of your decisions as well. Just comes down to respect, I think, and accepting that you are going to be different. It might be the sort of situation where you need to get a therapist involved as well, get some coping strategies. Um, Sometimes we need to learn just basic communication that's not aggressive and not threatening and not defensive as well. But yeah, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. What else have we got here? (laughs) Tips for removing fake tan. So on Instagram stories the other day, I was showing that I was in the bath using one of those. um, it's It's like a bath bomb, but it's a rectangle and it helps remove your fake tan. And I put that into the bath and it really did make a big difference. So tips on removing fake tan. I think that that bar thing worked. I think it's called a glow bar, the glow bar. It's from Priceline. Um, that was good, but it's probably not something that I would use weekly just because it's, it's you know, you're paying to use it. It's expensive. For me, the way that I often fade my tan is by using a tan remover foam. I just use the Priceline basic one and I'll just put it on a couple of days before I want my tan to completely come off. It's like a gradual process. So say I tan, this is so funny that we're getting into the weeds of this, but say I tan on a Thursday night, come the following Tuesday, I'll put that tan remover on after a shower and then just go about my business and live my life almost in the place of a moisturizer, but it's not moisturizing. It's strip starting to like strip and remove the tan. And then I'll do the same thing again the next day. And then by the third day, I'll just find it's easier to scrub my tan off with my tan exfoliating mitt. Um, In the past, I've used coffee scrubs as well. I think that they work really well, but they can just be messy. And sometimes I can't be bothered cleaning up the coffee granules as well. Another question on the topic of tan, does your fake tan come off a lot in the ocean and pool? Not so much in the ocean, but the pool, definitely. And so again, sometimes like I'll have extra long swims with the kids when I'm ready for my tan to start scrubbing off as well, because it just saves some of the work because it does tend to just wear it off. Moisturizing daily keeps my tan nice and fresh though. (laughs) It's funny that we're getting into the weeds of that, I think. Okay. Um... 
where did the kitty cat go? So for a little bit there, we had the most adorable kitten. And we don't have the most adorable kitten at the moment anymore. And I haven't spoken about it. I haven't really been asked that much about it. But the story goes like this. We got one of the boys a kitten because all he has wanted is a cat for years. Like I remember when the boys first started school, I paid a deposit on a Burmese kitten because he was desperate for it. But it was around the time that his dad and I were splitting and it was this bone of contention about whether or not we were going to have a cat. And I just tapped out. I didn't, I didn't push for it because it was something that just, um, it, it just didn't seem to be on the table at that time. And so one of my little boys has wanted a cat for the longest time. And he's also, he was also having a bit of like some kind of struggling a little bit in some areas. And I guess because of that, I wanted to get him like a little best friend in my mind. I thought, okay, he's wanted a cat for years. He's having a hard time, you know, all best intentions. Let's get him this cat. He's then going to have this best friend that he can sit down and read with because that's what he kept saying. All I want is a cat that I can sit down and read with and I'm going to look after it, all of the things. And you know when an eight-year-old, because he was eight at the time, tells you that they're going to be responsible for a cat, you know that they're not going to be fully responsible, but you do expect that they will keep up with some of the things. And so long story short, we find this cat. It's the exact pattern that he wants. It's the exact cat he wants because he wanted a Bengal cat because he knew that Bengal cats could learn to swim and that it would play and go in the shower with him and follow him around and you can train them and all of that stuff. So again, an expensive cat. We get the cat for maybe three days. He cares about this cat. And those were the three days when we were getting the cat used to our house. So um, in the initial days when you bring a cat home, they recommend putting it in a smaller room and just slowly building trust so that you don't just bring it home and let it out in the house and let it get really scared. You have to contain it, sit with it while you feed it. This was the advice we were given anyway. So for the first couple of days when it was like incremental exposure, he really liked this cat. And I thought, oh, this is the best. We've done such a good thing here. I'm so excited for him. Even though I knew and understand understood it was a big commitment. I had cats growing up. We've got Lou. Lou's 14. I've had a obviously all that time. I know pets are commitments. But let me tell you, after three or so days of having this cat, he could not care less. Not even did he not care less about the cat. He actively didn't like the cat or want to engage with it. And so the cat, like he didn't want to pick it up. He didn't want it in his room. Um, And so the cat kind of just became much more of a family pet. And the cat really took to me and I really took to the cat in some ways but to the point where every night the cat would sleep on my head. He would go and snuggle with one, with the other boy, my other son that didn't necessarily want a cat. He would snuggle with him and then he would come and sleep on my face. And of course, the night that the boys weren't here, I would have the cat completely because the boys aren't here. And this was like not your average cat. He was the sort of cat that would get, if you open the fridge to get the milk out, he jumps up into the fridge and would steal things out of the fridge, stealing food off the table. Um, you know, I was looking at ways to try and teach, train the cat and things like that. And a lot of people say, you just squirt it with a bit of water. That cat was not phased. And so very long story short, 
And it was a long story because we had him for months and it wasn't an easy decision to make. But as a family, we sat down and we had a lot of conversations and, you know, there were lists made and open discussions had. And I had to say to my son, like, you're not keeping your end of the deal. And he was like, no, I'm not. Like, I don't, I'm not keeping my end of the deal because I don't really like the cat. And I've changed my mind. I think, I think I've made a mistake. Like, great. And so the cat's stealing avocados. You can't put dinner out. We can't sit down and have a meal because the cat just steals food off our plates. Um, it was really hard for me to get up and work of a morning because first of all, I had to play with the cat for half an hour and it just became much more of a drainer on the whole family than it was adding to the family unit. And so we all had a conversation and I said, look, the cat's only a couple of months old. I think it's best if we find a family that can give him the attention he needs um, now while he's young, because it's just not happening in this family and I can't commit to it. And so that was a hard conversation for my son who didn't initially want the cat. He was much more upset than his brother who wanted the cat was, but we all, it was like a real open table discussion and we all agreed that was the right thing for the cat as well, as sad as it was to let him go from our family. And this young couple from Byron um, took him and as soon as they walked into the house and were playing with him, like they bought treats for him and they were so loving and they were talking about how they'd manifested, they'd manifested this cat. And I don't know, I just felt really good about the cat going to be with them because I knew that they would give it the attention they needed. They work from home, no kids, and you could just tell that the cat was going to be their baby and it was the right thing for all of us because I am the first person to put up my hand and say, okay, this isn't working what can we do? And I know that that can sound callous. And I know some people will go, oh, that's a really awful thing to rehome a pet. But is it? Like, I think that it's much worse. I think it's much worse to get a pet and then to not embrace all of the joy that it can bring because you're focused on the things that it's taking away, not adding. And if it was adding, if he was adding so much more joy to my son, then it would be, of course, worth it. But the fact was he didn't want to feed it. Um, He didn't want to pick it up. He didn't want to touch it. He just, it wasn't for him. And so now in the family, we always say he is never, ever getting another pet. And it's turned into quite a bit of a joke and something he laughs about. But it was a hard decision and it was upsetting, particularly for my other son, who is incredibly empathetic and felt very let down. And it opened up a lot of conversations because it was interesting the dynamic because when my son who wanted the cat got it, he kept saying to his brother, you can be the cat's uncle and you're going to get to do all the fun things, but you're not its owner because I'm its owner. And so then my son felt so let down and quite resentful of his brother because he said, he promised me that I could be the cat's uncle, but he's not keeping his word, which means I'm impacted. And there was so many layers and so many levels of emotion. But as soon as we met this other couple, all of us, all of us, felt that it was the right thing for the cat. So that is the answer to the cat. Um, Someone said to me, oh, will you be bringing the snake back now that the cat is gone? We've always had the snake. Brendan has a snake uh, cartel. He's a beautiful snake. Um, We've always had cartel. He's never gone anywhere. Um, 
So yeah, and like the cat would sit on the top of the snake's cage and Cartel really wasn't bothered or interested at all. So that is the story of the cat. Beautiful cat, but was just, yeah, draining our lives. What a random episode this is so far, talking about tanning and the kitty cat. Another question, is one of the boys more of a daredevil than the other? It honestly chops and changes. It depends on what the situation is. But I will say my son who has the shorter hair seems to have more of a streak for adrenaline type activities. You know, he was cool, calm and collected about the swing in cans. He was the first to jump off the wall into our pool. Uh, He was definitely calmer about jumping off the rocks at the Corumban Rock Pools as well. But then in other ways, they will swap around. So yeah, one it depends. Like, But then the one with the long hair is the one who will ride the motorbike and the other one is not interested at all. So it really just depends on the actual thing that's happening. Um, what else do we have? Are there any overseas trips you'd like to do this year? I have to get my passport. I'd like to go to Bali. Um, Brendan and I both really want to get to Bali at some point this year. And I know that he would like to go to the States at the end of the year, but that would just depend on whether or not I can make that work um, because I only ever have three nights off without the boys. And obviously I couldn't go to the States just for three nights. So I don't know how I would make it work if I could go with him, but who knows what will happen by the end of the year. What else have we got here? Okay, it says, when you came up with business ideas, were you scared to take the leap in case they failed? Um, I do have podcast episodes speaking specifically to pushing through fear and taking the leap. For me personally, I've never been overly fearful of things failing because it's never been an overly um, high risk. So when I first started working in the online space, I was technically on maternity leave. The boys were still babies. They were only six or seven months old when I started working again. And then maybe another seven months after that, before I went into the online space and it felt very low risk for me. Um, Well, to be honest, I'd borrowed $4,000 off my dad to get the website and everything sorted. And all I wanted to do was to be able to make that money back at some stage in time. So I wasn't penning a lot of hope on anything. So it was low stakes, if that makes sense. Um, And same thing with the podcast. You know, I started the podcast not at all with an intention to make podcasting my business. I started the podcast because I realized that a lot of people had followed along from Snapchat where they had gotten used to me chatting with them daily but Snapchats expire after 24 hours and Instagram stories then happened and Instagram stories expire after 24 hours. And I wanted a place to house chats that could be evergreen. It was much more about being efficient and effective with my time and having a platform that I could direct people and say, oh yes, I have actually spoken about that topic here. You can go and listen to it. I didn't plan on having a podcasting business um, like it is now. Podcasting is my number one work thing. So I've never been overly fearful with businesses because I haven't ever risked anything. I've not like mortgaged a house 
or invested hundreds of thousands of dollars or even $20,000 in a business needing it to pay off. And I think because I feel like I always have other things I can fall back on. You know, when the boys were babies, I was still doing hairdressing from home in the garage. I've, yeah, I haven't ever had that like intense fear about what if they fail. I I don't think I would feel embarrassed either if they failed. I'm much more of a just try it rather than die wondering type of person. Um, you know, you give it a crack. That's why I think over the years I've changed business names and I probably will continue to change business names because I'm not afraid to go, oh, well, I liked that then, but now I want to change and do something different. So no, I haven't been terrified that they would fail, but I wanted to give you more scope on my no because it's very different to someone who might be putting their heart and soul into something and all of that, all of their financial resources and, you know, betting the farm on it for lack of a better expression, because if that was the case, then I would have fear surrounding launching certain businesses. Um, just scrolling through a couple of people have asked about the treadmill I bought. It's a Nordic track one. I don't know if I would recommend it because the first one I bought started smoking and stopped working within five or six days of having it but Rebel Sport were amazing at replacing it and organizing it all. I think that they did a great job with their customer service. So I would say that, like, yeah, it's suitable for running. I don't know if it's a thing that Nordic Track treadmills do that, but that's just what happened with mine. A lot of people have had really great experiences with them, though. Um, How can I stop wishing my ex would come back? I'm always thinking about him, and we've been separated for two years. I honestly think you need to give yourself some closure and you really need to work on building your own identity and looking forward. So if you've been looking back for the last two years, I would really encourage you to have a listen to the episode I did on closure. I talk about ways that you can give that to yourself. It's all about taking the lessons from that relationship. It's also important to focus on the things that didn't work in the relationship. When you're out of one, it's very easy to look back and go, oh, you know, you put your rose colored glasses on and you look at things differently. And sometimes you have to actively force yourself to look at the reality of it or even skew your view slightly if, if that helps and gets you through to realize that it just wasn't the right thing for you. And I would say that if you're still looking back after two years, don't be hard on yourself. Um, but I would also start looking forward and how can you build a life that's pulling you forward? Definitely check out Surviving Separation. If you don't already have it, Surviving Separation is your breakup best friend. It's going to help you to build out your identity. It's going to take you through ways that you can give that closure to yourself, compassion to yourself and move on because life is short and you deserve to move on and have another love story. But if you're continually looking back, you're not going to get that chance to have it. So take the lessons, get yourself surviving separation, and you will be able to move forward for sure. All right. There are a couple more questions, but I've answered a stack over on Instagram. Um, there's one asking how my co-parenting relationship is going and just sharing that this person's struggling with it as well. Look, co-parenting can absolutely be tricky and I'm not going to pretend that I am an expert or a perfect 
in a perfect situation when it comes to co-parenting. Again, um, I do have episodes surrounding these topics. So keep an eye out, keep an ear out for those because I think it will be much more helpful to either hear from therapists or to hear from family lawyers on those topics as well. Just know that, yeah, I empathize with you if you are in a difficult co-parenting situation because it can be very, very exhausting and just make sure you are absolutely looking after yourself to the very best of your ability. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode. As always, it would mean the world to me if you do pop it up on your Instagram stories, tag me at Kylie Camps. Don't forget to come over and check out our members only zone. We have some incredible episodes up and you get every single ad, um, every single ad, no, you get every single episode completely ad free. Uh, We've got episodes in there that include personal reflections, extended chats with guests. There's a lot of good stuff over there. So come on over, become a Venti member for the cost of one cup of coffee per month. You get that bonus episode so you can have the fray in your ears Monday, Wednesday, Friday, no skipping any more ads and hopefully feel really good about supporting a female podcasting team. All right. Again, thanks so much for listening and I will speak with you very, very soon. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns